Welcome to this week's edition of the St. Paul Podcast. I'm Peter Marty, Senior Pastor of St. Paul Lutheran Church, located in the heart of Davenport, Iowa. Right here each week, you can hear a message to inspire your walk with God and hear beautiful music to fill your life. Let this podcast be your occasion to contemplate some of the deepest things in life, just as I hope it helps faith come alive for you. Sarah Olson-Smith. I'm so grateful to be with you on this podcast today. Our reading from the Bible comes from the book of Genesis and that great story of Noah and the ark. Today we'll hear the end of that story, the story that began with a great flood and a boat full of animals and which ends with the rainbow in the sky and God's promise to never again destroy the earth. As you listen to the reading in just a minute, you'll hear the same words over and over again. When these stories were first told, they weren't written down, but they were told orally as stories. And the repetition was a way to make sure that the important stuff didn't get lost. So we hear the word covenant seven times in those nine verses. Covenant is another word for promise, for a shared commitment. And we hear that this promise isn't just between God and Noah, and not only between God and humanity, but between God and humans and every living creature for all future generations. 
The rainbow is like a wedding ring that reminds couples of their promises, or an enormous divine pinky promise of commitment and grace for the flourishing and the well-being of creation. So listen in to those words at the end of that flood story, these words from Genesis chapter 9. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, As for me, I am establishing my covenant with you and your descendants after you, and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the domestic animals, and every animal of the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark. I establish my covenant with you, that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. God said, This is a sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I have set my bow in the clouds, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh, and the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, This is a sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. And here are some thoughts about that rainbow and God's amazing promise. About 12 years ago, almost 13, we were, I guess almost, yeah, almost 12 years ago, we were anticipating the birth of our daughter, our oldest kid, and we were getting our room ready for her nursery. My mother-in-law got us a crib, and my mom got us a really great rocking chair. Katie came over to help us paint a very sturdy sort of gray in our nursery. It seemed the color to have. We balanced that gray wall with a bunch of bright orange and yellow and blue. We added pictures of our family to the wall and other art. But I was adamant that we would not have any pictures of Noah's Ark anywhere in our nursery. Don't get me wrong, I love the Bible. I love Bible stories. And I understand why Noah's Ark has become a fixture of nursery decor. Animals are adorable. Those Noah's Ark images can be ridiculously cute with a a huge boat with smiling, happy animals squished together so lovingly like a sitcom family on a family vacation. (laughs) But as I was preparing to have this child enter the world, I knew that story wasn't about waving monkeys and peaceful vegetarian lions. (laughs) I wanted to protect her from what was happening around that ark, the destruction of the entire planet. That story of Noah is not suitable for children. It's PG-13 at best and maybe even R-rated for excessive violence. The story is about, it begins by telling how rotten and terrible humans had become. God wasn't just angry at the way people were treating each other and the world. God was brokenhearted, 
grieved by them. It's almost as if that flood was not just the lightning and thunder of God's fury, God's wrath, but each one of those drops of water that fell were like tears that fell from God's eyes as God sat weeping, brokenhearted at how God's people had turned out, how far they had fallen from being the people that God made them to be. One way of reading this, the whole arc, arc as in curve of the biblical story is to think about this whole long story of God's work to save and redeem and restore this world. From Adam and Eve to the book of Revelation is one great big story of God healing this whole creation. God's attempt to mend the tears and fractures in humanity, to build back our relationships with each other and with creation. Over and over again, we read in scripture God's attempts to save humans from themselves, from our selfish, cruel, and violent ways, so that we and all creation will flourish. In some ways, I think about if you're sitting at a, like a toy tr- train track or like Hot Wheels toy cars, and if you build that track and the curve is a little bit too tight, and the train go, and maybe there's a, like a crack in the rail, and the train goes around that curve, and every time the train falls off, you know, it's like God is sitting on the edge of that table, and the trains fall off, and God just keeps putting it back on again, <laughs> keep putting that train back on over and over again. And in our story today, out of great anger and heartbreak, it's like God kicks over that train table, upends the whole setup, and God sends this flood destroying the face of the earth, killing every person except Noah and his family and all of those creatures. After it rained and poured for 40 days, we read that God remembered Noah and the animals. The water stopped and the flood recedes and those animals in great relief run from the boat. Noah sets up an altar and gratitude to God and God said in God's heart, never again will I do this. Never again. I know that humans have this inclination toward evil, but still, nonetheless, I will never again destroy the face of the earth. It wasn't as though that flood suddenly changed human behavior, changed humans into perfect, always loving people, Violent punishment never stops. Who changes us? It might stop bad behavior, but it doesn't change people. It doesn't transform them. It never has. It never will. But what does change us is grace. It's rainbows. On that day, despite humans still being both their good and awful selves, God chose to never again destroy the face of this earth to never use destruction as a tactic for discipline or instruction. Instead, God puts this rainbow in the sky and says over and over again, as you just heard me say repeatedly, I am putting this bow in the clouds, a sign of my covenant with you and with every living creature on this earth. 
here is this rainbow where I and you can see this promise to remember that I will never again send floods to destroy the earth. We know that rainbows appear when there is both rain and sunshine. They happen when light gets refracted by raindrops. And I think of it as God shining this light on the stuff we do that breaks God's heart, that makes God cry. But instead of shining the light on that like a crime scene investigator to prepare a case against us, to imprison us, God shines a light like that gentle, life-giving sun, refracting it into a rainbow and not judgment. It's this promise. God doesn't deny our brokenness and our failures and our sin, nor does God let us ignore that part of our humanity. But God helps us see that in light, in the light of God's grace, in, with the kind of loving truth. Rainbows aren't just a colorful refraction of light, but that arch shape, it's just like a bow, like a bow and arrow. And in this story, we hear God hanging up the bow, leaving this hunting weapon behind. God no longer needs to fire it off. God's retiring from battle. God will not destroy this world again. That story which began with horror and devastation turns into one of such hope for us, a sign of God's forgiveness and grace that will never stop for us and all creation, for all future generations. It's this invitation to a different kind of life, a flood of grace like the waters that just poured over Bennett's head. Which is why when somebody gave our family an ark (laughs) painted by an artisan from Guatemala, we hung it up (laughs) in our daughter's nursery. In some ways, it first sort of felt like an obligation, like we should just hang it up. It was a gift. But seeing it there on the wall every day, it taught me, and I hope teaches my kids, a thing or two about God and us. First, it reminds us of that promise, God's promise of no more floods. And it can be extrapolated to mean that God is not going to destroy us either. It's good news of grace for each one of us. God isn't out to get us to take us down for every big or little awful thing we do or fail to do. We don't have to live in fear of punishment. God has hung up that bow and arrow and no longer uses destruction, but calls us home, restores us. God's not interested in destroying us, which names this extraordinary news for all of us who've messed up who've done stuff we regret, who long for the grace of new beginnings. We can look honestly at our sin and see God's light refracted in it, transforming us, making us new, turning us from all the ways that we punish and destroy ourselves and creation and others. God makes us new. Rainbows of grace. Another reason I have come to love seeing that arc on our wall is it because it names a kind of faithful foolishness of one human who listened to God 
and did a crazy, beautiful thing for the sake of creation. It reminds me of this t-shirt I saw somebody wear yesterday. He had this t-shirt on that said, it was like he was preparing for every preacher this weekend. The t-shirt said, so, you want to build an ark? Well, I know a guy. <laughs> That's so funny. Every, <laughs> everyone thought Noah was a fool. Everyone did. But Noah partnered with God to save all of those beloved critters. Noah did this crazy thing for the sake of creation. And at the end, God doesn't just make a covenant with Noah and with humans, but as we heard with all flesh, with all living creatures on this planet. And there's this, this promise that we are all bound up in together, God and humans and creation. God not only decided not to punish us, but God chose to partner with us in this flourishing of the world. We're pulled into the covenant of mutual promises and given this responsibility to do this work to care for God's planet. This story reminds us of our shared part of ensuring that this world, this earth, every bit of flesh upon it, every living critter is not destroyed. And given the realities of what's happening to this planet, we've got our work to do. We need to know a guy, <laughs> or many, for the sake of all of those critters and this promise, this covenant that we are bound up in. I love seeing this ark in our kids' room because it tells the truth that we humans have made a mess of this world over and over again. But God has promised not to destroy us. Instead, we're given grace over and over again. And God has chosen us to be a part of the recreation, the restoring of it, to help it flourish. It makes me think of this poem that was shared, I feel like it went kind of viral five or six years ago by this poet named Maggie Smith. And the poem goes like this. Life is short, though I keep this from my children. Life is short and I've shortened mine in a thousand delicious, ill-advised ways. A thousand deliciously ill-advised ways I'll keep from my children. <laughs> The world is at least 50% terrible, and that's a conservative estimate, though I keep this from my children. For every bird, there is a stone thrown at a bird. For every beloved child, a child broken, bagged, sunk in a lake. Life is short, and the world is at least half terrible. And for every kind stranger, there is one who would break you, though I keep this from my children. I'm trying to sell them the world. Any decent realtor walking you through a real crap hole chirps on about good bones. This place could be beautiful, right? You could make this place beautiful. That ancient story of destruction and a big boat full of animals reminds us that we could make this place beautiful. We can make this place beautiful. 
We are making this place beautiful. Even when life is short and hard and the world is at least 50% terrible. By God's rainbow grace and a little foolish faith, we can make this place beautiful. Amen. turn to God in prayer, saying those words Jesus taught us in the Lord's Prayer. 
Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. And now, receive this blessing. May God, the one who created you and who promises to protect and care for you and this world forever, bless you and keep you today and in the coming days. Amen. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and thanks for your support of the ministries of St. Paul Lutheran Church. Our commitment to projects that lend hope to other people stretches across the country and around the world. We hope that in a good way you feel a part of that reach. Tune in next Thursday for another edition of the St. Paul Podcast.